Welcome to the Mala Movement Podcast. Each episode we share our experience and research on all things natural living, holistic health and mindful being. We are so grateful that you're hanging out with us. Let's dive on in. Hello, hello and welcome to episode 17 of the pod. I hope you had a beautiful holiday break. Mark and I actually took some time out just to spend some time with family and celebrate the holiday season. We actually even took the van out on a couple of road trips and slept in it for the first time. It's only half built, so it's like we put a temporary bed in and all of that, but we made it work, but it actually gave us some sort of insight as to what sort of tweaks we wanted to make when we got back home. But it was really, really fun and just nice to have some downtime and drop out of work mode for a little bit. And because it has been a couple of weeks since the last episode, I don't believe you know, or I've mentioned it on here, that I've released my recipe ebook. I'm so freaking stoked. And I've already had some amazing people sending me little snaps of their little creations and all of that, which has been super amazing over the new year. But yeah, if you're wanting some gluten-free, dairy-free, 100% good for you recipe inspo, then you can grab yourself a copy over on my website, lauralaguno.com.au forward slash ebook. Now it is a solo episode with me today because Mark is currently working on the van because we are feeling the pressure as we need to actually be out of our house as of the 25th of Jan. So we need to pack up everything, which we haven't even started packing up and we still need to finish the van, which it's hard to sort of gauge when it's gonna be complete because Mark's building cabinets for the first time ever. So he's learning as he's going and we're both just winging it and doing what we can, but we are feeling a little bit of the pressure. So he's out there doing that. So it is just me today. And what I want to chat about is vitamin D and the good old sunshine. Because right now in Melbourne where I'm living, it's summer, even though it doesn't really feel like it today because it's been raining all damn day. And we've had a few weird days like that, but that's not abnormal for Melbourne. That's pretty much the norm here. We can have four seasons in one day. But the real reason that I really want to chat about this is because in Australia, many people don't associate sunlight and health. They instead think, or we're taught to believe that sun exposure equals cancer or skin cancer, which is totally understandable because Australia has one of the highest national rates of skin cancer. And we have massive campaigns telling Aussies to slip, slop, slap and avoid the sun. Though the reality is, is that we're living beings and we require a certain amount of sun exposure to actually maintain our health just like plants because if plants don't receive the right amount of sunlight they either fail to thrive or die and notice how I said right amount because plants can also fry out in the sun just like us when they're overexposed so like with anything balance is key but for us humans we don't usually just roll over and die if we don't have adequate vitamin d or sunshine it's actually more the fact that we actually start to get sick or we develop disease or conditions and things like that. So it shows up in a different way. And I think that's the case with a lot of slowly progressing things because we don't see ourselves or people rolling over and dying from things like lack of sunlight, from poor food choices, from pesticides sprayed on your food, all those sorts of things. It's not often linked in our mind that it's causing a problem because it's such a slow progression of disease and accumulation of issues. 
but it is really important to have adequate vitamin D levels, especially in the cases of cancer prevention, because having adequate vitamin D is a protective mechanism against cancer. And scientists are even calling out for the message of sun avoidance to be changed to promotion of non-burning sun exposure. That is sufficient to actually achieve adequate serum vitamin D levels. As most people know that burning is a major risk factor of skin cancer, but the adequate sun exposure is still needed. So I guess they're starting to recognize that because we've sort of thrown the baby out with the bathwater saying, just avoid it. Stay indoors, slip, slop, slap, protect yourself, much like this virus that's happening right now. <laughs> but it's a matter of finding that balance of smart sun exposure. And of course, smart sun exposure will look different for everyone because we all live in different places. It might be different time of the year or season, but also skin color plays into it as well. And I know how hard it can be to practice smart sun exposure at times, especially when, you know, you've been working all year indoors, like locked up in an office, or I used to be a hairdresser. So I used to work indoors a lot and I'd barely see the sun. And then when it came to the holiday break, it would be Christmas and I'd be at the beach or at a park or at an event outside and I'd just burn within 30 minutes. But now I really try to be super mindful of my sun exposure, especially if I have been indoors for a prolonged period of time and I just go slowly with it. So if I haven't seen the sun in a while and I've gotten quite white, I'll go super slow, especially um, through summer, but I even try get sun exposure through the spring now, just small 10 minutes out in the sun. It might not, not be the hottest weather, but as long as you're in sort of a wind blocked area, it's nice to just get some sunshine and that helps build your skin's resistance to the sun and builds that protective deep golden tan. So you don't burn or fry to a crisp through summer. And just a few things that I feel like it's important to highlight is that I agree that things like tanning beds were contributing to things like harmful melanomas and skin cancers. And it actually makes sense because when you're exposed to high amounts of UVA light from a tanning bed without often without the UVB, which actually helps you absorb the vitamin D from the sun, but also because you're indoors, you're on, under artificial light really. So you're not getting that vitamin D and vitamin D is protective against the skin cancers. So it's no surprise that people who were frequently using tanning beds were developing melanomas and things like that. So I think context really matters. And I know there was a lot of studies around tanning beds and their health effects or their skin health and detrimental effects. But again, I think it's thrown all UV out the water, like UV from the sun. It's in a broad spectrum. You're getting different types of UV rays. We're in a tanning artificial bed you're missing the vitamin D for one, but also you're not getting that broad spectrum of the UV rays because it's not just UVA, you've got UVB and you've also got UVR as well as red light from the sun as well. So, and there's things like red light therapy these days. So when things are separated and isolated, most of the time, they're not that great for you. I know with certain drugs, like they're isolating compounds or they're breaking things down and pulling them apart and just using one component. And when it comes to naturopathy, we were always taught that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So isolating things most often than not isn't that great. You want the whole plant. You want the whole spectrum. You want the whole food. Okay, so breaking things down isn't always better. 
Also, another thing is that they actually found way back in 1982, I'm not sure where the research ended up with this, but a study actually said that fluorescent lights, and this was in done in New South Wales in Australia, fluorescent lights in the workplace were associated with a doubling of melanoma risk. So artificial light. And I know one thing that I know for sure is that I'm not a fan of any artificial light, whether it be artificial light at night, affecting your sleep, artificial light in the form of fluorescent lights in shopping centers. It just, none of it is great for our body as opposed to natural sunlight or natural light coming in through the windows to light up the house as it's just throwing out our hormones and wreaking havoc on our health in all sorts of ways, but I'm not going to go into that today. And just what actually, while I'm on the topic of it, so you want your room to be naturally lit up by natural sunlight, ideally. There's nothing worse than being in an office building or inside a shopping center or inside a hospital under fluorescent lights. That is not natural, but allowing natural light in to light up your home is beneficial. Though I would caution tanning or exposing your skin to direct sunlight through a window because that can actually concentrate the UVA and that's not great for your skin. So as nice as it might feel tanning through a window, especially in the middle of winter, you actually want to avoid that because it's not great for your skin because of that concentration through the window. Also, I am mindful when I'm driving my car to cover up, especially in summer because the piercing sun, I can feel it burning my skin. So I like to pop a sarong over my shoulders or my legs, wherever's sort of being exposed. I'll try to do that. I don't spend as much time in the car these days, which I'm really grateful for. But I know a lot of people, you know, you're stuck in peak hour traffic or you're going away for the holidays or something and you might be exposed to that direct light through the car window which isn't ideal so where you can cover up and try not to be too exposed through direct sunlight through a window now I know I've mentioned that vitamin D is essential in maintaining health and it's good for you and it's important in preventing cancers and things like that though I just want to list off what else vitamin D deficiency is linked to So if you have inadequate levels of vitamin D, you are more predisposed to things like poor immunity, bone pain, psoriasis, fatigue, mood swings, anxiety, and depression. There's a huge link between vitamin D deficiency and mental health issues, which often isn't sort of linked because when people are in a state of anxiety or depression, they tend to isolate and be indoors and things like that. That's obviously a blanket statement. I know that's not the case for everyone, but it is heavily seen, especially with seasonal affective disorder because depression can happen more so in winter when the sun isn't around. But moving on, also things like SIBO, weight issues, so trouble maintaining a healthy weight, cancer, as I said before, cardiovascular disease, osteoporosis, poor bone health. I think that's quite a commonly known issue of vitamin D deficiency as vitamin D works in harmony with calcium. And also things like autoimmune diseases is massive with vitamin D deficiency because it's so interrelated with your immune system. So all sorts of autoimmune conditions like Hashimoto's, like celiac disease, like multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, all of those conditions, they have found that patients are likely to be vitamin D deficient. And just the last few is thyroid issues, breast cancer, difficulty having a natural birth, interestingly, type 2 diabetes, asthma, and IBD and other digestive issues. And I'm going to chat more about that later. 
And I know that was a long list, but it definitely makes you think twice about depriving yourself of sunlight. But depriving yourself of sunlight isn't the only thing that can cause deficiency. There are other factors, which include living close to a city or having air pollution, which can block your body's ability to absorb vitamin D. Low-fat diets, because vitamin D is actually a fat-soluble nutrient and we need fat to absorb it. Certain malabsorption syndromes like Crohn's disease or a history of gastric bypass surgery, overuse of sunscreens, especially during the morning before 10 a.m. and after 4 p.m. because sunscreens block the UVB rays, which is responsible for vitamin D production. Also having dark skin pigmentation increases your demand. So Mark, for example, he's from the Philippines. He has a much deeper skin complexion than me. He actually needs and requires more sun exposure. Also, certain medications like anticonvulsants and corticosteroids and other drugs can deplete you or block the absorption of vitamin D, as well as BPA exposure from plastics like plastic bottles, plastic Tupperwares. That's why I'm not a fan of plastic anything. If I can avoid it, I will. That can affect the vitamin D absorption. And it's not just because of vitamin D, these BPAs and plastics, they can act as xenoestrogens and affect your estrogen levels in your body and all sorts of things. So avoid them where you can. And being older age, so 70 plus elderly people have shown to be four times less effective at manufacturing vitamin D from the sunlight. And lastly, obesity. So having a high BMI above 30 can increase your demand of vitamin D. Therefore, if you do have a high BMI and you are vitamin D deficient or you're wanting to prevent vitamin D deficiency, it is sometimes recommended three to five times a typical recommended dose. But obviously check with your doctor about that. But if you are finding that you are struggling to maintain or achieve optimal vitamin D levels through sunlight or through supplementation, that could be something to consider. You just might need more because of your body mass index. And while we're on the topic of supplementation, of course, there are times where supplementation is helpful, as I have spoken about in other podcasts. Though, again, as I always come back to, the real thing is always going to be better for you, or in some cases, a combination can be helpful. But I like to believe that nature knows best, nature knows exactly what to provide. So where you can go with natural and then implement man-made where needed as your body can actually absorb more vitamin D through sunlight because your skin's actually the largest organ and it's designed, like literally designed to convert sunlight into vitamin D. So yes, supplementation is effective for some people, though it relies on a healthy digestive system also. So if you have something like celiac disease, Crohn's disease, you may not be absorbing it well through your digestive system. So that is one thing to consider if you are supplementing or working with a health practitioner around that. And another good thing is that you can never really overdose when receiving vitamin D from sunlight. So your body will always utilize it better and it knows not to reach toxic levels. It mediates that and it knows how to deal with the excess. Whereas it's possible to eventually, it's hard to do with vitamin D in particular, but you can reach toxicity level eventually, just like with any supplement. But vitamin D, you can get away with it a bit more, but it is still possible. 
Now, just a few other benefits of vitamin D, which I think is a hot topic to talk about right now is your immune system, especially with the current climate of the world and many being forced to stay inside. It's gotten a little bit better here, but restrictions are slowly coming back in, which is making me a little bit nervous. But um, yeah, the reality is it's happening. And I know the hashtag natural immunity has been shadow banned on Instagram, as I guess there's not a lot of money to be made with natural remedies, but a lot to be lost for Big Pharma, which, yeah, I'm not going to take back saying that it is a reality of a lot of things happening in the world right now. So a lot of things are being censored, which is one of the reasons why I did create this podcast so I can speak about these things because things like Instagram and Facebook are so heavily censored and there's been so much suppression of so much science and certain medical doctors. I know like people are listening to a select few who are in alignment with what I guess the mainstream are promoting, whereas doctors who have a different angle or a different perspective or a different experience clinically they're being suppressed because they're not going with the mainstream which actually while I'm on this topic I think it's important to also say because I've referenced and poured through heaps and heaps of scientific papers just to record this podcast and I do love science but at the end of the day Science can always be bought and you can always find a paper to support something and then go against the same thing. So there's always a supporting paper, usually on both sides. That's what I've found in a lot of my research. Yeah, I can basically find a paper to prove anything. So, and that's because a lot of science is bought. There's a lot of conflicts of interest. There's a lot of biases. And I think that's really important to know. So, or just keep in the back of your mind that like, just like with the mask mandates, there's a lot of science or research going into trying to prove that masks work where traditionally masks were never promoted to be used in the way they're being used now. So I think it's just really important to use critical thinking and discernment with it all. And you may not agree with everything that I say, and that's totally fine. I'm open to diverse opinion and I'm constantly on my learning journey, but I will always share what is on my mind and what's up for me. And I'm totally open to being wrong. I think that's a part of learning, but I refuse to blindly follow. I will always do my own research. I will always go with what feels right for me personally and my experience as opposed to just being told and believing or just trusting or having blind faith, for example. But coming back to the immune role of vitamin D, so there's actually been studies that support the sunshine's ability to disrupt pathogens from multiplying and even potentially kill them. And sunlight has been long recognized as a disinfectant and has the potential to inactivate microorganisms, which has been shown in many water studies where sunlight actually helps to disinfect drinking water. And the reason I say this or share this is because humans are made up of on average, about 60% water. So that has to stand for something. And I know the hashtag sun was being censored on Instagram at one point. I checked before I started recording this and it's up and working now. So they must have taken that down, but natural immunity is still censored. So yeah, and obviously there is going to be bogus out there. People are going to promote things that are really, really far-fetched and things like that. And that's where discernment comes in. That's where doing your own research and finding out things for yourself instead of just believing what the TV is telling you or even what I'm telling you. 
look it up yourself. I always like educated choice is what I believe so passionately. I don't want you to ever just give your power away to someone on the screen or in your ears. It's really important to do your own research and follow what feels right and in alignment and within your values to you. Okay, now, as I mentioned before, there is a link to gut health and vitamin D. I know it can sound a little bit far-fetched because you think, how is the gut and vitamin D and sunshine all connected? But the reality is everything is connected, but also there is science to back it up, which actually says that vitamin D deficiency can reduce your intestinal calcium absorption, which can lead to gut stasis slowed gut motility and increase your gut permeability, also known as leaky gut, and can negatively alter your gut bacterial balance, which in basic terms, all that means is that you become more likely to experience digestive issues like constipation, diarrhea, bloating, gas, reflux, inflammatory bowel disease, or IBS, all of that sort of stuff. And leaky gut is linked to a lot of them. And obviously gut bacterial balance. Those are key things in healthy gut function. And they're all things that I cover in my Digestion Reset program. And also linking all of this back to an episode that I did on immunity, your gut health is important for your immune system function because over around 70% of your immune system resides within your gut. So gut health matters, vitamin D matters for gut health. It's all linked. But you're probably thinking, how much sun do I need? How much vitamin D do I need? All of that stuff. There is an app called D-Minder, which can help you determine how much sun you need. And when it comes to vitamin D status, the best thing you can do is do a blood test if you're really unsure. The best time to do a blood test is at the end of winter. So that just goes to show how well your body stored all the sunshine from summer through to the end of winter. But It goes to say, if you are indoors, if you have darker color skin, if you're living in like the bottom or further away from the equator, all of those things can lead to vitamin D deficiency. So instead of playing a guessing game, go see your GP, see if you can run a vitamin D serum test and actually get an idea of where your level's at so you know what you're working with. And when it comes to sun exposure, start slow. (laughs) Please start slow. Um, because yeah, you don't want to be that person that has been working all year, then come out in summer for some holiday time and get severely burnt. It's not fun. And even starting in spring with those little micro sort of sessions outside or just getting outside in spring, going for more walks outside, that's all going to help build your base tan. And slowly, if you are very fair skinned, start by slowly exposing your hands and and your face and feet and progressively expose more skin. And if you are exposing an area that has barely, rarely seen sun, go super slow, like five, 10 minutes. Because (laughs) I actually, when I first started, I actually tanned nude or mostly nude these days. So when I first got my little white bum cheeks out, I ended up with baboon butt. Full on sunburn, crispy bum. That was not fun. Like I could barely sit. It was so tender. So please go slow, um, especially if it's an area that hasn't seen sun ever or in a very long time. Now, when it comes to sunscreen, I personally always opt for a natural alternative. So especially because sunscreens are filled with chemicals. 
and your skin absorbs whatever you put on it. And I don't believe in baking chemicals into my skin. I don't believe that's healthy. So I mostly choose to cover up with a t-shirt to protect my shoulders or a sarong over my shoulders and seek shade when I feel like I've reached my limit. You will get to know your limit. Obviously work gradually, work intuitively and don't overdo it. I also try avoid being outside for long periods of time, especially in the middle of the day. And when I head down to the beach, for example, I'll bring a gazebo or set up a shaded area or even just try actually go after 4.30 p.m. or in the morning before 11 a.m., before the hottest part of the day. And if I need to use sunscreen, if I am out for a long period of time and I can't help it, Obviously hats also, before I go on, hats are also gonna be really beneficial. But if I am outside for long periods of time, a natural sunscreen that I have used is called Whatnot, W-O-T-N-O-T. And that's a natural sunscreen. And it contains things like zinc and things like that. And I believe it has an SPF factor of 30. So that's a natural alternative that I use. I haven't had to use it this summer as of yet because I've been really working into the sunshine really slowly and just slowly building up my base tan so I actually don't get burnt. But I also think it's really important to mention that sunscreens can often give a false sense of safety as it blocks your body's natural response to overexposure, like the reddening and the sunburn, because it's actually blocking that UVB, which makes you go red. But you need the UVB to produce the vitamin D, so that's just some food for thought for you. But um, yeah, I guess going out and baking yourself in the sun isn't ideal in any cases. So just be sun smart. And if you're someone who is worried about hyperpigmentation or aging of the skin due to sun exposure, because I know that's a concern for a lot of people, though it's not just sun alone that's causing these issues. It's often due to a diet that's high in polyunsaturated fats like canola oil, sunflower oil, or vegetable oil, all those sorts of oils, as these oils are known to oxidize really, really easily. And the oxidization causes cell damage and mutation. And when the cells get damaged, this can age the skin or make your skin look unhealthy, aged, and wrinkled. So just keeping in mind what you eat, it's all going to eventually, to some degree, circulate through your skin because your skin's a major detoxification organ. So if your body is burdened or overburdened with heavily processed polyunsaturated oils, your body is going to try and remove that and eliminate that through your skin and other detoxification organs like your liver and kidneys. So that's why I never use polyunsaturated fats on my skin as a moisturizer also because... A lot of the tanning oils, they can contain polyunsaturated fats or even just moisturizing creams because just like the chemical sunscreens, it's going to bake into your skin and that can cause damage in the same way because all of these oils oxidize, especially when exposed to light. Now, just lastly, before I move on to how to optimize your vitamin D levels, I just want to make a note on sunglasses. So sunglasses are good when you're driving or in high glare environments, though receiving light through your eyes is extremely important for health and in regulating your sleep-wake cycle. So using sunglasses only as needed. Try not to get around with them or rock them all day. Alrighty, so how to optimize your vitamin D levels. Number one, practice smart sun exposure. The fairer your skin is, the less you need, and the darker your skin is, the more you need. And you should always avoid burning. Number two, there are food sources that do contain vitamin D, such as wild-caught fish, 
mushrooms contain a small amount and liver, so ox liver, cod liver oil, things like that. They contain vitamin D as well. Also consuming foods rich in K2 like grass-fed eggs, cheese, meat, butter, ghee, chlorella and spirulina as these can help with the calcium absorption. Just a little side thing. Number three, avoiding processed foods like processed oils, trans fats and just all the packaged box things. Four, consuming plenty of healthy fats for the absorption of the vitamin D because it is a fat soluble nutrient. Five, don't use soap all over your body because the fat in the soap can actually bind to vitamin D and not allow it to fully absorb. Six, get tested if you need to, to figure out where you are at and correct deficiency. Seven, use a natural sunscreen if outside for long periods of time. Eight, direct skin exposure is necessary and remember, you can't absorb the vitamin D through glass windows or plastic, for example. It actually makes skin issues worse. So that can actually increase your risk of skin cancers. And lastly, latitude does matter. So latitude is actually the angular distance of the area, either north or south of the Earth's equator. So the further you are from the equator, the less your body is actually able to synthesize vitamin D from the sun, particularly in the winter months. So Victoria has a latitude. The source that I looked at, it said it was 35. But there was also a study that was talking about Melbourne latitude and vitamin D and all of that. So in a 2015 Melbourne study showed that due to the latitude in winter, many people living in Melbourne are unable to maintain adequate vitamin D levels, regardless of sun exposure. Therefore, it's important to have more than adequate levels during summer to carry you through to winter or consider supplementation. So that was from the study. And that's just a little note for my Melbourne friends. Now, I trust you found that helpful. I hope it protects your precious skin from the sun this summer and just gets you looking after it a bit more mindfully. Like sun isn't the devil, but it is fire. It will burn. So just being mindful of your exposure. Everything comes down to mindfulness, doesn't it? Thank you so much for listening. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you learned or if it was valuable, helpful. I love to hear from you because I'm talking to myself essentially right now. So I always love when I hear from you on over on Instagram, slide into my DMs. They are always open. And if you're loving the podcast, I'd love, love, love if you subscribed to help support it or left a beautiful review. That would be amazing and it would just mean the world to us. Just let us know how it's helped you, what episode you liked, drop a love heart, whatever. Um, That would be really, really beautiful. Now I will let you go. Have a beautiful week and I will speak to you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you so, so much for hanging out with us today. It's our mission to keep freedom of speech and holistic traditional wisdom alive in a time of such wild censorship. So please, if you've gotten anything out of this episode or you would like to support our mission and message in any way, we would love if you left a review on whatever app you're listening from or even take a snap of you listening and share it on your stories and tag us. We would love to see that. We are so, so grateful for your support. All right, we'll chat to you in the next episode. Bye for now.